Great America has been my home park for my whole life. If you're unfamiliar, theme park superfans like me travel to theme parks across the country and around the world. But even if you've been to all the parks, one usually spends the most time at the park they live closest to, their home park. And for me, it's Great America in Gurney, Illinois. I've visited nearly every year of my life. For many of those years, I've been a season pass holder. I've worked several seasons at Great America in various roles and departments. I've logged hundreds, if not thousands, of cycles on all of the rides at Great America. And since I was a nerdy teenager growing up in the Chicago suburbs, several of my friendships, which have persevered through to adulthood, I can trace directly to Great America. All this is to say, Great America holds a very special place in my heart. A core chunk of my memories from the formative ages of 13 to 20 are inextricably linked to Great America. And as my life has meandered into adulthood, I find myself returning to Great America, not only in search of a nostalgia hit, but also genuinely just to enjoy what Great America has become now and the changes in the park since those core memories were formed. This is why I felt compelled to tell the story of a place that I truly treasure, a theme park that has brought immense joy to countless people since 1976. Great America. Welcome to See the Carousel, the history of Great America. I'm your host, Zach, and today, on episode one, we're going to discuss the development and construction of Great America, telling the story of how hundreds of acres of farmland became a world-class theme park. So let's go back in time. The year is 1971. Joy to the World by Three Dog Night is the song of the year. Fiddler on the Roof topped the box office. All in the Family was the number one show on TV. McDonald's introduced a new item called the Quarter Pounder with Cheese. A small coffee shop opened in Seattle's Pike Place Market, known as Starbucks. Coca-Cola introduced a miraculous innovation in soft drink technology, the plastic bottle. And of course, 1971 was a big year for theme parks. Following the success of Disneyland in 1955, several people suddenly saw an opportunity for a similar style of theme park in their local area. Not only did dozens of smaller parks open in the years following 1955, several larger theme parks aiming to emulate Disneyland opened as well, including Frontier City, Silver Dollar City, now called Dollywood, Six Flags Over Texas, SeaWorld San Diego, Universal Studios Hollywood, Astro World, and Marine World, now called Six Flags Discovery Kingdom. 
leading into 1971. You can fly to a magic kingdom that's right outside your hotel window, to Walt Disney World in Florida, on Easter, the airline of Walt Disney World, the airline that believes dreams really can come true, the wings of man. The Walt Disney World Resort opened in October of 1971, creating a huge splash in the theme park industry, the ripples of which can still be felt today. A few months prior, in Southern California, Magic Mountain opened its doors in May. A month later, Six Flags Over Mid-America, now called Six Flags St. Louis, opened outside of St. Louis. And in Washington, D.C., the Marriott Corporation, who found themselves flush with cash and looking to expand their businesses, was paying attention. The Marriott Corporation was formed in 1927 when J.W. and Alice Marriott opened a root beer stand in Washington, D.C. The stand would grow in popularity, eventually leading to the addition of food items and a renaming to Hot Shop. They would go on to open several other locations in the D.C. area. In 1953, Hot Shops Inc. became a publicly traded company, and in 1957, they opened a hotel in Arlington, Virginia. Ten years later, in 1967, the company had broadened its business so far, it renamed itself to the Marriott Corporation, leading us back into 1971 when the Marriott Corporation's annual report states, the company is in its strongest financial position in its history. Going on to say, all of these cash flow funds are being retained for expansion. Seeing the success of parks such as Six Flags Over Texas, Six Flags Over Georgia, and Astroworld, Marriott would contract the architecture and design of their parks to the firm responsible for the architecture and design of the aforementioned parks, R. Duell & Associates. Randall Duell began his career as a set designer for Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, or MGM Studios, in the 1920s, and eventually worked his way up to art director, working on over 60 films and earning three Oscar nominations. He retired from MGM in 1959 and began working at Marco Engineering, where he co-designed several theme parks. Confident in their abilities, Randall and his wife Rachel formed Arduel and Associates shortly thereafter, with Six Flags Over Texas being the first park he would design. The company would then go on to design the original Universal Studios Backlot Tour, Six Flags Over Georgia, and Astro World, with Magic Mountain and Six Flags Over Mid-America, also designed by Arduel & Associates, opening in 1971. Marriott knew that this firm was the best in the business, and they were ready to compete. The year is 1972. Roberta Flack topped the charts with The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face. The Godfather is the blockbuster smash of the year. Elizabeth! Sanford and Son made its debut across television screens nationwide. 1972 was also another big year for theme parks. Outside of Cincinnati, Kings Island opened its doors, and the Brady Bunch would visit the following year. 
outside of Nashville, Opryland USA, also designed by R. Duellen Associates, opened as well. The Marriott Corporation was full steam ahead on entering the industry, with their 1972 annual report answering the very direct question, how are plans coming for entering the theme park business? With a mostly hopeful tone, saying, we are committed to the concept of family entertainment centers and are still pointing towards an opening by the summer of 1975. Marriott and Arduel worked developing the concept for a trio of identical theme parks, one in the San Francisco area, one in the Chicago area, and one in the Washington DC area, the latter of which would unfortunately never materialize due to local opposition. Not much else would be known about the parks until 1973. Tie a yellow ribbon round the old oak tree by Tony Orlando and Dawn was the number one hit. The Exorcist spewed vomit at audiences, making it a blockbuster success. Match Game made its CBS debut, reintroduced with a more humor-based format. For reference, I did not Google this list I'm about to ramble off. Gene Rayburn, Brett Summers, Charles Nelson Riley, Marsha Wallace, Richard Dawson, Patty Duke, and Dumb Dora. That's how the blanket's done. And on January 29th, 1973, officials from the Marriott Corporation met with Gurney Village leaders to discuss their plans to build Marriott's Great America, as well as formally announce the park. The Chicago Tribune reported the following day, the amusement center, called Marriott's Great America, is expected to open in the spring of 1976 and will be subdivided into sections and featured themes relating to various aspects of American heritage. Each section will have rides and restaurants keyed to an individual theme. One area may resemble New Orleans, another the Yukon. The 1973 Marriott Corporation's annual report also indicates that of the company's three separate arms, Marriott In-Flight Services, Marriott Hotels, and Marriott Restaurant Operations, the latter would be the arm housing the newly formed Family Entertainment Centers Division, which would manage the Great America Parks. 1974 the Way We Were by Barbara Streisand was the hit song of the year. Blazing Saddles was the top-grossing film. Good Times made its television debut. And Marriott broke ground on Great America's construction on Friday, June 14th, with the Daily Leader reporting the following day, Flags were raised yesterday for the official dedication ceremony of Marriott's Great America theme park, which is to be built at Gurney. The Marriott Corporation was gearing up for the openings of their respective parks, with the 1974 annual report stating, Our Chicago-Milwaukee Park, in the town of Gurney, Illinois, is also under construction and will open in the summer of 1976. 1975 Love Will Keep Us Together by Captain and Tennille was the number one hit song of the year. Really? Jaws scared people away from visiting the beach all summer after becoming the number one film. Live from New York, it's Saturday night! A troupe of unknown comedians brought live sketch comedy to television with the premiere of Saturday Night Live. 
October of 1975 brought great news regarding the construction of Marriott's Great America in Gurney. The Chicago Tribune reported on October 16th, Right now, Great America is nothing but some 125 incomplete buildings, rides, streets, and bridges. Considering this was referred to as, quote, farmland in the 1973 Chicago Tribune article referenced earlier in this show, this was considerable progress. The Marriott Corporation's 1975 annual report does a great job hyping up Marriott's Great America, saying, Finally, this is our year to open two Marriott's Great America theme parks. After five years of careful development, this new dimension to Marriott Corporation will become reality in March of 1976 when the first park opens in Santa Clara, California. The second, north of Chicago, follows on Memorial Day weekend in May. The parks will be a superlative blend of thrill rides, live and animated entertainment, shops, crafts, restaurants, all brought together in a beautiful, landscaped, clean and colorful American heritage setting. America, it's a family country. It's a happy country. It's a fun country. It's the country of fun for everyone. It's Marriott's Great America. The rides are great, the shows are great, the fun is great. seen America till you've seen Marriott's Great America. On Saturday, May 29, 1976, Marriott's Great America opened to the public. A stunning and elaborate theme park featuring five distinct areas, 
each one themed to a different historical region of America. Hometown Square, County Fair, Yukon Territory, Yankee Harbor, and Orleans Place. Upon entering the park, a stunning reflection pool greets us, leading to the park's centerpiece, the Columbia Carousel. The aptly named Carousel Plaza serves as an entryway to the grand and expansive park beyond. An impressive and unique double-decker carousel, standing 100 feet tall, serves as Great America's icon. According to an original Marriott press release, the Columbia Carousel features 82 jumping horses, six standing horses, three chariots, a camel, a giraffe, lion, tiger, dragon, deer, seahorse, and pairs of jumping ostriches, pigs, cats, and rabbits. One of the standing horses is the Philadelphia Toboggan Company Silver Anniversary Horse, a reproduction of the 1928 PTC Silver Anniversary Horse, commemorating the Silver Anniversary of Philadelphia Toboggan Company. The Columbia Carousel was designed by R. Duellen Associates, who clearly were instrumental in the development of Great America. The ornate figures were carved by Daniel Muller, and the carousel itself was manufactured by Chance Rides. Marriott put so much emphasis on the Columbia Carousel, they went so far as to commission Gene Patrick, whose previous work involved several musical productions at Six Flags Over Texas, to write the carousel song, which Great America plays daily at closing. This song's lyrics also inspired the name of this show. Exiting Carousel Plaza and going to the right, as I nearly always do, we pass through a set of ornate brick lamp posts. To our right is a stroller rental, a souvenir shop, and a camera and film shop. As we pass under the train trestle, we find ourselves entering Hometown Square. Themed to a quaint American town square of yesteryear, Hometown Square evokes quintessential Americana. A beautiful green park with a classic white gazebo is at the center of Hometown Square on the left-hand side. Immediately to our right is a candle-making shop, artist alley, and general merchandise. Here, candle makers, broom makers, and artists gather to demonstrate their craftsmanship and sell their products. Immediately to our left is the hometown station of the Great America Scenic Railway, a GE Custom Fabricators Railroad. The Great America Scenic Railway travels to Fairgrounds Junction Station in the county fair section of the park before returning. Hometown is the larger of the two stations. From the park map perspective, around the gazeboed square, the hometown train station is at 6 o'clock. Moving clockwise around the square, tucked in the corner next to the train station at 7 o'clock, is Triple Play, a Hoos Troika ride. Continuing clockwise, at 9 o'clock is Engine Co. No. 1, where the Singing Fire Department is always hosting an ice cream social. At 12 o'clock is the Grand Music Hall, Great America's flagship theater, 
housing large-scale musical productions featuring an orchestra. At 3 o'clock, our Jim Bowie General Merchandise, named after the park's general manager, and Marriott's Hot Shop, a recreation of the original root beer stand that started the Marriott Corporation. Around the side of the shared building is Hometown Grill, a quick-service food location serving hamburgers. Just beyond the grill is the entrance of Willard's Whizzer, the smaller of Great America's two adult-sized roller coasters. Willard's Whizzer is an extended jumbo jet model roller coaster made by Schwarzkopf. The ride is unique in that it uses electric motors rather than the traditional lift chain to lift the trains up the 70-foot-tall spiral lift hill. The line moves so quickly on this ride due to its five-train operation. On our left, on the side of the Grand Music Hall, facing Willard's Wizard, is Matinee Jewelry, where we can get luxurious shiny things. Next door is Opera House Sweet Shop. Across the midway, on our right, is Maggie Brown's Boarding House, a sit-down restaurant serving Mrs. Brown's special fried chicken, sourdough muffins, and apple dumplings. Around the rear left corner of the same building is Brown's Bakery, a quick-service food location serving baked goods. Just beyond Brown's Bakery is Bottoms Up, a Chance Rides Trabant. Across the midway, in a cutout, is Great America's Kids Area, featuring Ladybugs, Tots Livery, and Red Baron Kitty Rides. As we continue, the midway becomes a bridge, and as we cross, we enter the next area. County Fair, or more accurately, the Great Midwest Livestock Exposition and County Fair. Themed to the classic fairs of the Heartland, carnival-style games and a circus show give a true feeling of being at the Great Midwest Livestock Exposition and County Fair. The Blue Ribbon Barbecue Quick Service Restaurant is on our left. On our right is Hilltopper, a Himalaya ride made by either Mock Rides, Revershan, or Wisdom Rides. Unfortunately, my research was inconclusive regarding the manufacturer. Next to Hilltopper is Turn of the Century, the larger of Great America's two adult-sized roller coasters. Turn of the Century is a custom layout model roller coaster made by Aero Development featuring two bunny hills and two inverting corkscrews. It's pretty cool, but I bet they could make it a little scarier. Across the midway is Skywhirl, Great America's unique three-armed Ferris wheel-style ride made by Intamin. Counterclockwise around Skywhirl, on our left, is the Farmer's Market Food Court, featuring nine quick-service food locations serving frozen custard, Swedish waffles, french fries, and other... exotic foods? Next to the Farmer's Market is the Sideshow Shirt Shop, Hat Shop, and Souvenir Shop. Across the midway on our right is the Barney Oldfield Speedway, the larger of two antique autos rides made by Aero Development at Great America. Each car reportedly costs $5,000, which in 2022 is over $27,000, if you were curious. The Ski Daddle Arcade sits next to the Barney Oldfield Speedway and Pizza Luigi, a pizza restaurant is slightly behind it to the right. On our left 
is Great America's second carousel, Amerigo-Round. Amerigo-Round was built by Denzel Carousel Company for Fontaine Ferry Park in Louisville, Kentucky, but was purchased by Marriott in 1969 when the park closed. Amerigo-Round is positioned on our left in front of the County Fair Games Gallery, which features 19 colorful games of skill with plush prizes for winners. On our right is the Big Top Circus and Sideshow, featuring bears, lions, chimpanzees, and trapeze artists. On the opposite side of the Big Top is Burgers on the Run, a very creatively named burger joint. Kitty cars line the midway between Burgers on the Run and Plush Horse Toy and Plushie Store. A bit farther down is Eagle's Flight, a suspended cable car ride made by Von Roll, which takes riders to the Delta Flyer Station in Orleans Place. Directly next to Eagle's Flight Station is Fairgrounds Junction, the smaller station of the Great America Scenic Railway. Across the midway, on our left, is Sticky Fingers Snack Stand, selling cotton candy and cherry slushies. Next door is Fiddler's Fling, a Schwarzkopf Calypso ride. A bit farther down on the other side of the midway is Whirligig, a Zaire wave swinger ride. Continuing on, the midway crosses a covered bridge, which leads us into the next area. Yukon Territory. Themed to the heavily wooded Northwest, trees line the midway path and transport us to the forests of Alaska during the Klondike Gold Rush. As we enter, the Cache, quick service food location serving corn dogs and hot dogs, is on our right. Slightly behind and to the left of the Cache is the Wilderness Theater, home to the Dolphin Show, starring dolphins Nemo and Neptune. Across the midway is the Klondike Cafe, a sit-down restaurant serving hearty stews and specialty beef dishes. Attached to the Klondike Cafe is the Snowshoe Saloon, a beer-swillin' saloon featuring vaudevillian reviews. Across the midway, on our right, is Logger's Run, one of two aero development log flumes located at Great America. Along the midway, as we continue through Yukon Territory is Moose Jaw Trading Co., where we can see the leather craftsmen, the assayer, and printers plying their trades. Farther up on our left is the intriguingly named Yukon Do-It Sandwich Shop. Across the midway is the Saskatchewan Scrambler, an Eli Bridge Scrambler ride. Next door is Totem Post, a wood shop. Behind is the Yukon Yahoo, a Schwarzkopf Bayern Curve ride. Across from Totem Post and in front of Yukon Yahoo is the Northwest Shooting Gallery, a shooting arcade-style game with reacting targets. Across from the Northwest Shooting Gallery, which is on our left, is another covered bridge, leading us into the next area. Yankee Harbor Themed after a classic New England fishing village, complete with a lighthouse, you can practically smell the salty sea air as we enter Yankee Harbor. In the midway is a pottery shop, woodworking shop, and, in a true sign of the times, a tobacco shop. To our right is Dockside Sandwiches, with a nice green area across. 
On the other side of the green space, at 8 o'clock, is the Yankee Clipper, the park's other aero development log flume. And this one has a straight drop, as opposed to Logger's Run's double dip drop. Around the Yankee Clipper's circular loading station, working clockwise, is Captain Morgan's Seafood Restaurant. No relation. Across, in the middle of the midway, is the nautical shop and glass schooner. Across is another green area with Tradewinds Import Co. on the north side at 12 o'clock, a puppet show on the east side inside of the square, and on the southeast at 4 o'clock, the Spinnaker, a roundup ride made by Hrubitz. At 7 o'clock is the Lobster, a Schwarzkopf monster ride. Across the midway is Buzzy Bee, a kitty ride. Between the Lobster and Buzzy Bee is another covered bridge leading us into the next area. Orleans Place Themed after the famed French Quarter of New Orleans, Orleans Place is a jazzy Mardi Gras tribute. Immediately to our left as we enter Orleans Place is the Cajun Cliffhanger, a chance rides rotor. Next to the Cajun Cliffhanger is the Chapeau Chateau, hat store. In the middle of the large midway is the Arcade des Accessories, a souvenir shop. Across the midway on our right is Gulf Coaster, an Alan Herschel company make Little Dipper model roller coaster for kids. I don't want to give away too much about the journey ahead for this show, but this ride will be gone before the 1977 season begins. Next to Gulf Coaster is Orleans Orbit, a Schwarzkopf Enterprise ride. Tucked behind the Cirque Electric Arcade and Ala Mystique Magic Shop on our right is Traffic Jam, the smaller of Great America's aero development antique auto rides. Coming around to the front side of the Cirque Electric Arcade building reveals a green space in the center with a gazebo, much like Hometown Square on the opposite side of the park. And also like Hometown Square, this green park space is surrounded by trolley tracks with a stop around the space. The trolleys were made by GE Custom Fabricators, like the Great America Scenic Railway. They take guests from Orleans Place through Carousel Plaza with a stop across from the Columbia Carousel and on through to Hometown Square, where a loop is made around the center green space reversing direction back to Orleans Place. On the far end of the green space at 2 o'clock is A La Burger Restaurant, with Cirque Electrique Arcade at 9 o'clock. Continuing under the train trestle, to the right is Pizza Orleans Quick Service Pizza Restaurant. Next door is Theatre Royale, home to spectacular musical stage productions. The Merry Menagerie Shop is on the other side of Theatre Royale, opposite Pizza Orleans. Across the midway, on our left, are Lafitte's Treasures, Porcelania, and Maison Le Crystal Shops. Across the midway is the Delta Flyer Skyride Station, departing towards County Fair's Eagles Flight Station. Next to Delta Flyer, on our right, is Rula Dodge, a Soli bumper car ride, which opened with the largest floor of any bumper cars in the United States. Home park bias aside, these bumper cars have wooden frames and also lack a center island or one-way traffic, making them scientifically the best bumper cars. Next to Rula Dodge is the Mardi Gras Emporium, selling unique gifts, apparel, and memorabilia. Across the midway, on our left, is Buffet Le Grand, the park's signature dining location. 
serving fine cuisine with a hint of Cajun magic. Next to Buffet Le Grand is Penny P. Patrick's Praline Parlor, serving up cold ice cream and even colder alliteration. Continuing on the midway leads us back to Carousel Plaza. As we walk past the majestic Columbia Carousel, the band organ music plays while the scent of fresh popcorn wafts in the air. We pass the reflection pool and are given the opportunity to reflect on the day we've just had. Plaza gifts and gateway gifts are located on either side of the gates, so we can be sure to stop and purchase a last-minute memento to commemorate our opening season visit to Marriott's Great America. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The time for closing has arrived. We hope that you've enjoyed your stay, and we invite you to visit again soon. Thank you, and good night. See the Carousel is a YFCS production. Research, writing, recording, and editing is done by me. Special thanks to Great America historian Nolan Thiel, Great America archivist John Ravel, and GreatAmericaParks.com webmaster Stephen Wilson for their contributions to this show. Without their help, this would not be possible. Subscribe so you won't miss episode 2, where we'll be covering the early expansion of Great America. Skytrek Tower, Tidal Wave, Pictorium, and more. On behalf of See the Carousel, thanks for listening, and we'll catch a brass ring next time. Enjoy your ride on the carousel.